Welcome to Desk of Lady Ada. Hey, everybody, and welcome to the Desk of Lady Ada. It's me, Lady Ada, and this is my desk, and it's Lady Ada o'clock. It's time to check out some of the stuff I've been working on. It's been a nice weekend, so Mr. Lady Ada and I have been outside a little bit more. Um, yeah. I wear sunscreen, so you can't tell because I burn instantly. Um, but I did get some samples, and I was poking through them, so I thought... Um, let's kick it. Let's show it off. So let's go to the overhead because I can show off some of the stuff I've been... Hacking on. Um, so number one, uh, Espressive sent me, um, whoa, sorry, samples everywhere. Um, Espressive sent me some um, ESP32 S3 modules that have four megabytes of flash and two megabytes of PS RAM. Um, these are like not even like released to the public yet, but they kind of like slipped me a couple wheels. I mean, I paid for them and everything. Um, they just sent them to me a little early, which is awesome. So this is the... Um, ESP32 S3 Feather, and um, the silk screen on this one says eight megabytes of flash, but I ran another set of these boards that say four megabytes flash, two megabytes PS RAM, because it's really hard to tell which module you have. So um, I made a new version of uh, this tester. Hold on, let me reboot this board. Um, so this tester, um, but I rewrote the code and everything for uh, the four megabyte flash two megabytes of PS RAM. I actually didn't think I was going to get the module for quite a bit. And so um, I went ahead and I made the cutie pie and the feather with the um, the current ESP32 S3 without um, the PS RAM. But that said, I think I'll, I'll still stock both versions because I think that, um, you know, there's times where you're like, I really need eight megabytes of flash in that extra storage. And there's sometimes you're like, no, I really need um, the PS RAM, and I think like it's it's a good uh, trade-off. So we'll probably have both. Uh, so this is the tester. Um, put the board in, and I hit the button. I put the board in here, and I hit the button, and it goes through, and it flashes the test code and, and tests all the pins and verifies that the PS RAM is in fact there. So that way, you know, as long as the tester doesn't get mixed up, um, people get the board that they expect. And we'll also have a little guide. There is a marking on the module that you can look on. Um, so they go past in, you know, a couple seconds, 16 seconds. Um, and then I'll do the cutie pie as well, because we also got the chip. Um, that one doesn't have a lot of space on the um, silk screen, so I'm probably going to, like, revise it and just tell people, like, hey, here's what to look for to know which one you have. And then, of course, um, I've also got the... Um, I've got the um, TFT version. Um, I never did the S3 version of this board, even though, again, the module would be identical, because I, I was like, if you're going to have a display, I feel like you really need to have the PS RAM because you're going to be, like, buffering display stuff. I figured, like, I'm just going to wait, and so I waited, and um, so I'm going to also do a version of this board with um, an S3 because I think people really like our little all-in-one screen. And then if you want to do, like, Bluetooth or dual-core... Um, I think it'll be it'll be nice and handy to have um, the S3 with uh, PS RAM, and then you know I also have that reverse version of this board too. So um, you know S3 stuff is going good. S3 is still remember it's not stable yet um, in Arduino or CircuitPython, but I want to get the hardware out there and then you know see where see where we go. So that's the um, board version. Oh, I also got like this is a sample I'm testing. So this is a um, a sample, it's a USB cable that tells you the voltage and current. Um, you know, we actually stocked something like this already, but that got discontinued. I'm noticing, 
you know, part of the chip shortage is I think a lot of companies are discontinuing products and changing products. So I'm seeing a lot more like, this is no longer available. I got to find another version, alternative, whatever. So um, it's definitely a party. So this is one sample uh, that I got. I do like this one. Uh, there's also, I think, a version um, that's USB-C, and I'm going to try to get try to get that because it'll also show you the voltage and current uh, with USB-C, which I think would be really handy for when you're trying to figure out, like, did my uh, PD USB-C thing work out? So this sample is one sample that I, uh, I proved. Eh. I'm going to unplug it. Bam. Okay, so that's that. Uh, so the, this uh, ESP, sorry, the ESP32-S3 Feather will probably try, try, try to fabricate that this week. Um, next up, um, this is actually a Mr. Lady Ada request. I got these cool um, wire, like super skinny wire LEDs. Um, people are using these for like models. I know we have like those wireless LEDs, but sometimes people, um, make models and they want to have like little LEDs and like they don't even have space for the wireless ones, but you know, maybe you could, um, use ones that are wired. So here, these are skinny and they use wire wrap wire and they have a, an 0805 LED and I'm just going to, uh, I have a little board here that I can power it from to show you. So it's just a surface mount LED soldered to wires, but, um, you know, it's, it's super bright and it would be great in little models or um, like wearables and stuff where you just want like a tiny little LED. And this is without a resistor, so of course it's like super heckin' bright. Uh, and then let me see, I've got, that was the cool white. Oh, this is pink purple. So let's look at the pink purple one. We talked about pink purple LEDs last week or two weeks ago. So let me grab one of these. and test this out. So I'm gonna test all the colors and then I think I'll stock these um, because you know, it's a lot of people don't have the skill to solder an SMT LED. Ooh, these are beautiful. So you can see that. I don't know how, how clear it is that it's this nice purple color. Oh yeah, that came out really nicely. So these are nice pink purple. Um, so uh, yeah, I think uh, you saw these originally in like a bonsai tree kit. Yeah. And you're like, oh, we should totally stock these. So I think uh, I think this will be handy for some people. So that's another demo. Sorry, another sample. Of course, now I've got this, like, wire wrap LED spaghetti going on here. Hold on. Let me try to clean this up so we can photograph this. Oh, my goodness. Oof. <laughs> Hold on. All right, I guess I'm going to give up. Um, so we got a couple other colors. we got warm white, um, blue, and I think uh, this one was purple. So we got a couple different colors, and then, of course, this pink-purple. Okay, so then I just got, like, a couple more samples I'll show off, and then we'll go into the great search. And you can let me know if there's questions and stuff. Um, I got some um, transceivers. So one thing that we stock um, a lot of is ultrasonic modules. And um, they look like this, where they have a transmitter and a receiver. And um, 
they have a little chip, and the chip is like, you know, there's, there's like an all-in-one chip that does it. The RCWL 9600 or whatever. It's, it's you know, there, there's like ASIC chips that'll, that'll do the work. And these are really, really cheap. So we sell this. I think this does uh, the standard, like, um, parallax-style um, trans, uh, sonar transceiving, as well as uh, UART. And it said it does I2C, but it doesn't, doesn't really, although I have to figure out if I can get it to work with I2C. And then I was like, well, you know, the Maxbotics sonar modules only have one sensor, so I thought I would get um, some of these, like, you, you know, RX and TX ones, like the ones that can do both, because... Okay, hold on, let me show you. I don't know if these will have the markings, but for RX <coughs> TX style sonar, like, they come as a pair, and... Hold on. They'll actually say, I think it's on the back. They'll actually have a T and an R on them to tell you which one is the receiver and which is the transmitter. Um, whereas this module is apparently can do both. Um, although I've never built my own uh, ultrasonic transceiver or like um, distance sensor. But I can't imagine it's that hard because like, again, you know, Parallax was doing this in like the 90s with like a PIC microcontroller. So I'm sure that I can do it with a, you know, SAMD09 or an ATtiny running at 20 megahertz. So I thought um, this could make a nice STEM QT board because I was thinking like I could solder a standard sonar into like an I2C adapter, but maybe it's like I can just drive this directly and get the reading and then I wouldn't have to do this like conversion from Pulse width to I2C, I would just read it and then just give you the I2C data measurement. Because I would like to have an ultrasonic that has I2C, and um, I, I would like it to be small. Like, it would be cool if it was, you know, if it, like, fit on, like, your standard 1 by 0.7 I2C STEM IQT board, right? And it would just be, like, one transceiver. So, maybe. I don't Does know. Does CISA help make it I2C? Well, this would be just an all-in-one you get all in one chip, so like I would just program a chip to do it. Cool. But I have to learn how to do that. I've never, I've never actually done this. I mean, it's like I know I have to drive it, and then I just have to listen to the echo, and it's like forty kilohertz. It's just like again, it's nothing. But I don't know. Do I have to have a special? Do I have to have an H bridge for this? I don't know. Like, how much current does it need? Can I drive it from two pins? Can I just set up like a timer? It's a little bit of a mystery to me. So I just got these modules in. So it's cool. Um, if anybody has any links to somebody who's like DIY'd it. Let me know. I also got this cool, um, super fun button mix bag. So the company that I buy some buttons from, I have a couple companies I buy buttons from because like they're, you know, you need to have multiple suppliers um, and they're very generic. So they had like a, a sample pack. And so I, I picked up a, a sample pack and this is like great because it's got like these through hole 12 millimeters and the ones with like the nubbins. And then it's got like the right angle through hole and it's got like some surface mount, like big key nubbies and um, SMT, you know, I've got actually stock of these, the SMT three by sixes and like right angle and little, little mini ones. And um, the reason I actually was interested in this because I wanted, um, I use these right angle switches in a lot of boards, but I wanted a tinier one and you know, they were. I was basically like, well, I could get a sample of the tiny um, right angle switches that they stock, which you can see are like, you know, half a quarter the size of the large ones. Um, but it's like, I was like, well, instead of just getting like a sample of those, I was like, why don't I get their sample pack? Because then I'll just 
see all of them. And then I was thinking like, oh, you know, it's going to be cool to stock just because sometimes you're repairing something or you're like, you want to just look. It's like hard to gauge what the buttons feel like or look like until you actually get them in your greasy little fingers. So, um, so this is a uh, sample kit of buttons. So um, the only button that I was really interested in was this one. But uh, I'm thinking that I might stock the whole thing, you know, in the shop so that people who are prototyping designs or they want to, like, compare buttons. Because, um, you know, there's one thing to say, oh, it's a three by three millimeter by six millimeter button. And you can, like, visualize it and maybe even measure it. But until you have it in your, your hands, it's really tough to know if it's going to be, if it's going to work out for you. Um, okay, this is ice blue. Okay. And then, oh, so then... Um, Let's go to the computer and I'll just show what that button is for and then we'll move on. So the, the, the reason I want the small button is this is um, the Feather M4 Ada Logger that I've just been, I've been delayed on finishing. I have, what's funny is I have the chips for this. Um, this is SAMD uh, 51J20, not 19. And so I actually have extra J20s because I bought both, but like only the J20s shipped. And so um, I wanted to replace this button because I really like having a button here. I thought that would be fun, but I don't like that it's kind of in the way of this um, standoff hole. So I wanted a smaller little button. So I thought, you know, maybe um, this tiny side switch button, which I think will work great, would be a good alternative um, to that one. And so I wanted to get a couple samples so I could redo um, the PCB. So that's that. Okay, so that's my sample Sunday. Any questions before we go on to- well, Let's do some great search. This is a great search. The Great Search brought to you by DigiKey and Adafruit. Lady Ada uses her powers of engineering every single week to find the things that you need. It's tough to find things because it's a global part shortage. Lady Ada, what is this week's Great Search? Okay, this week's Great Search is, you know, I had a, a couple Great Searches where we did, uh, you know, alternative searches. And then I went to like, oh, I'm like, like trying to find some chips and stuff uh, that I want to design with. And now I'm back to alternatives because I'm, I'm seeing like the second wave of part shortages where... Um, I believe that there are parts available, but they're not being allocated necessarily. And so, you know, we have a lot of parts that we've ordered, um, and the lead times are still a year. And now I'm actually seeing them stretch out to two years. Um, you know, I was, I was looking at like a MOSFET that, you know, we use the DMG 30, 23 or five, I think, uh, which is a nice little SOT 23, um, P FET for a lot of our boards that we use as like a little you know, ideal diode type thing. And, um, you know, it's a MOSFET, you know, it's like, Hey, most generic common thing. Um, but it has 89 week lead time. And so there's a lot of parts that are again, common that are hard to get. We got a bunch of shipments, but it might be a while till we get in our next shipment. So, um, this week's, um, the great search is about the, um, AP 2112 K 3.3 which is our like super favorite low dropout regulator. We use it in like everything. Um, we used to use the MIC 5225, which is also still a great regulator. And we use it on a lot of boards. Um, the AP2112 has very low dropout and also can do 500, 600 milliamps of current um, easily from up to six volts. It's, you know, great. it's very stable. It doesn't need a bypass cap. It's a great little regulator. And once we started using it on our boards, um, like our feather boards, for example, um, I'll use the AP2112. 
we're like, well, like instead of stocking, you know, it's cheaper than the MIG-5225. We don't need that 16-volt input for all our STEM IQT boards. Let's just move everything to the AP2112. That makes manufacturing and stocking easier because we only had to stock one LDO. We've really only used one LDO for pretty much anything that needs 3.3 volts. Um, and that's totally awesome as long as you can get that part, which we can no longer guarantee. And we use a lot of them. I go through over a thousand a day of this LDO because it's again used in like everything we use in all of our breakouts and our feather boards. So we, we're not out, but we're worried that we might run out before the next shipment because we're, what we're seeing is you'll get a ship date and that date will start getting bumped and bumped and bumped. You know, you thought you're going to get it in June. You're actually not going to get it to August and then it goes to November and then it goes to January of next year. And so we needed to find something alternative that I could, you know, to have as a backup so that we wouldn't be like stuck because um, the, the regulator is good for up to 500, 600 milliamps, which we definitely need for like our Feather ESP32 boards. They can use a lot of current. So all our feather boards, I want to keep that regulator. But for our breakouts, we don't need 500, 600 milliamps. A lot of them can get away with 50 or 100 or even less. Very few even need more than 100. Most of our sensors are very low power. Um, you know, they sip power and, you know, low quiescent currents is not that important. As long as a dropout is low enough and it's pin compatible, it'll work just fine. So... Um, today what I'm going to try to do is um, find an alternative and one that has a lot of stock so that I can get enough that, you know, and stock it so we can keep all of our STEM IQT boards in stock and um, let our AP2112s sit for the feather boards. So it's like maybe if we divide the stock up, um, we won't end up using a thousand a day because we'll, we'll um, secure that, you know, hard to get part for the boards that really need it. The boards that don't need it will use something that's a little less capable, but hopefully about the same price. Uh, so let's, that's, the, that's the story. Um, but definitely like when I saw that, you know, um, our purchaser be like, hey, we need an alt for this. I was like, oh goodness, I gotta do this immediately. So, cause you know, again, we use a thousand a day and if we went out of this part, like we pretty much grind to a halt. So let's find an alternative so Adafruit can stay in business. <laughs> okay, so um, the part that we're talking about is, um, the AP2112K, and yes, it's out of stock. Um, you know, there'll be some, you know, 16 I can get in like two months. There might be a little bit more um, in October. If I need a whole bunch, um, I'm looking for, you know, maybe 6,000 come in October, but um, I'm not going to get the rest until 2023. Can't wait that long because, again, I use about 1,000 a day. So let's look at this. So, again, this is a 3.3 volt regulator. Lead time, 80 weeks exciting um but let's find something that's similar enough again the quiescent current isn't that important to me and the current output's not that important we just have to keep in mind the dropout i want about you know 0.2 to 0.4 volts um again the current we're using is so low it doesn't matter but it does have to be a low dropout i can't use like an lt117 with like a massive one volt dropout it's just i need something um very light because sometimes you'll give it 3.3 volts and you want about 3.3 volts on the other side so it's 3.3 volts output. It's a one fixed positive, and I want it to be active. I want it to be surface mount, and it should, uh, I want to enable, but I'm not 100% sure that that isn't another name as well. And then um, the reason I'm not picking the supplier device is because SOT25 is the same as SOT235, and I think, like, sometimes the package names are kind of, like, 
you know, they're split between them. So I want to be able to make sure that I can select all the options. And again, uh, output current is an important, quiescent current. PSSR, they're all going to be about the same. And then protection features, I'm not too worried about because almost all of them have the same features. Okay, so um, the output um, input maximum, I do want it to be at least, um, well, let's just say five volts, um, but it can go up, you know, to whatever. Um, but definitely it can't be less than that because I need, I definitely need to have all my boards take five volt input. Um, then for the package, again, there's a lot of SOT 23s. There's SOT 25, SOT 25.5, SOT 23.5, SOT 23.5 DC. There's like a huge number. So I'm going to try to um, select all of them and, and try to do my best to get all the different names. So the SOT 23.5s. I got those. And then also the SOT 25s. That's another name. That's the thing that really you got to watch out for. Um, I think they might also be called SC74s. Yeah, SC74s are also the same thing. Again, this is um, this is a tricky thing because you want to you want to get any package that's compatible without getting the ones that are not. Okay. Um, next up, uh, so the current output, I don't want anything with less than 100 milliamps out um, because I, I just feel like if I'm going to get a regulator, I don't want to have to, some chips want to, you know, have a 100 milliamp peak, like, um, you know, the VL53s, um, actually those use a 2.8 volt, but like there are some sensors that use, you know, they, they can have a little bit of a pipe, uh, spike in current, um, Let's see, some of the light sensors, especially, because they, they put a burst of IR out. So I think 100 milliamps is my minimum. I really want something that's in stock right now. So, which you know, takes it from 1,000 to 100. Um, and then the dropout is, you know, dropouts are kind of calculated in a weird way, because they're like, it depends on the output of the regulator. So I think what I'm going to do is I'm going to um, check that on you know, the board itself and, and see what's up. Okay, so the next step is I do want to kind of try to keep it to the, about the same price. And the price I pay for the AP2112s um, on DigiKey, I think is like about 10, 10-ish cents, maybe 12 cents. I You know, there's there's always going to be regulators that are 75 cents a piece. I can't afford that because the boards I'm putting them on, um, they need to be affordable. They need to be low cost. Um, I, I just need a basic regulator. I don't need, you know, the end-all be-all. Um, and then what I'm going to do is I'm going to look at the combination of the price and stock numbers. So again, I, I can't really, um, go with something that's only 6,000 pieces in stock because like that's six days. It's not worth it for me to do a revision if it's only six days worth of stock. So what I'm going to look at is the ones that are like, Ooh, like 192, like that's, you know, if I use a thousand day and I get 190,000, that takes me to the end of the year. And so... I can at least float my current inventory that long. So let's look at the AP2002K, which actually sounds kind of great because it's like similar to the AP2112K. Um, it's a smaller, uh, let's see, it's so this one. It's fixed. It has a higher voltage input. Usually that means that the dropout's a little higher. It looks like it is a little higher, um, but it might be okay. The quiescence is also a little bit higher. Um, Again, not uh, not uncommon, but it has the overcurrent over temperature. 
and reverse polarity. So let's look at the data sheet. Um, so yeah, this is a standard um, regulator has pretty low um, LDL. One thing that I will say that just to watch out for is it does have a bypass pin. Um, so the regulator I use now does not require a bypass pin, either has some built-in capacitance or it's just uh, stabilized or it's compensated inside. Um, so the only thing to watch out for is this, if you don't, if I'm using it in a board with that, that doesn't have that bypass cap spot because no board that currently exists has that that I've designed, um, I just have to make sure that it's not, it won't go unstable and um, the noise isn't going to be too high. So you can check through the data sheet because they will have higher noise. That said, the higher noise might be the same as the current regulator I have. And as long as you know that's true, I'm good to go. Um, another thing to watch out for is some of these regulators are not stable with ceramic capacitors. I've seen that. I've seen some that are like, I, they need high ESR capacitors on the output, which is like really, tricky because you think like, oh, like lower ESR is better. Yes, except when that extra resistance adds um, a little bit of delay, a little bit of stability to your regulator. So just make sure that um, it can use uh, ceramic caps. It's, it's unusual these days to not see that. Um, but uh, you can like Google for ESR. Um, looks like here they're actually like lower ESR is fine and there's no uh, stability and then Sometimes you can search for ceramic. If they don't mention it, then it's it's probably fine. But um, true, yeah. They don't have anything about electrolytics. So yeah, this looks like it'll probably be just fine, stable with uh, ceramic caps. So this is one option. But again, want to watch that noise, see what that's like. Um, the rest of these, there's not that many. Um, then there's this one, the AP7380. Uh, so that one has 120,000 stocks. So that's a good option. Um, but I didn't like this high voltage dropout. So the voltage dropout is 1.5 volts, which is like way too high. Uh, you know, I, I need it to be, the other one, remember, was 0.4 at 600 milliamps, which means it's going to be like 50 millivolts at, you know, 100 milliamps or so. Um, I could deal with like, you know, maybe again, like, 0.2 or whatever, 0.3, but 1.5 is is right out. Uh, so not going to look at the AP7380. Um, the next one that has a lot of stock is this one, the AP7358, uh, 54. It's a little bit more expensive. Now we're getting into 17 cents compared to, you know, 8 cents or whatever. Um, but uh, this one is 150 milliamp output. Um, very low quiescent current, which is kind of impressive. And the dropout's okay. It's, you know, 0.35. Um, and this one, let's load the data sheet. Uh, this one doesn't need the bypass cap. Um, you know, it, uh, so it's maybe low noise. has pretty good accuracy. Uh, range up to 5.5 volts. So this is also probably a good option, I think, for... This one, the AP7354 and the AP2202K, I would just check the noise and the dropout and compare it for like about 50 to 100 milliamps. How does it compare to the AP2112K? Um, it could be that for some higher current breakouts, I would still stick with that AP2112K because like I know it works as good at the higher um, output uh, current. 
But for like a BME 280, you know, it's cool to, to swap it out. It really doesn't matter what regulator you use. All, the, all of them are going to act the same. Um, and I would just do a revision. Uh, and until, you know, I get another gigantic shipment of the regular I'm looking for, I would just swap it out. Um, you know, I'm, I'm starting to do more of these dynamic swaps. Um, definitely like MOSFETs I can't get, diodes I can't get. I'll just find the equivalent uh, part that has the same specifications. Um, swap it in, I'll just make a revision note. Um, but I won't necessarily separate the stock because if the part is really equivalent enough uh, and it passes test, it won't, it's not going to make a difference. And, and a regulator like this... Um, as long as the noise is within reason and the dropout's about the same, again, you're not going to notice uh, much difference for uh, low current uses. So this is how I'm going to try to get through this uh, part shortage, uh, being flexible and uh, creative. Um, so those are the two, two chips I recommend. Um, I think this one probably is going to be a better fit, uh, but I'm going to get some samples of both and try them out. And that's a great search. Okay, a couple questions. Yeah. What does uh, quiescence means? Uh, uh, quies quiescent current is how much current the regulator itself uses. So even if the chip that's powering doesn't use any current, there's always going to be some power used by the regulator itself okay. at all times. What is voltage dropout? The voltage dropout is the difference between the input and the output. Uh, there's always going to be some difference. Um, you want it to be usually very low because that means that you have a wider input range um, of valid voltages that will give you a stable output. Okay. And those are the questions. Okay, so great. we'll see everybody during the week. Lots of shows, lots of content, lots of things ahead. Thank you so much for joining us tonight. We very much appreciate it. Looking forward to seeing all things you share together. I'll see you during the week. Bye, everybody.